Have you ever wondered why anyone drinks Malort? Or if there are actually lobsters in the Chicago River? Then listen to the Curious City podcast, where we answer all your questions about Chicago and the region. WBEZ's Curious City is part of the NPR network and available wherever you find your podcasts. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset, your daily dose of news and conversation on politics, the economy, arts, and culture. Fighting climate change looks different depending on where you live, even from neighborhood to neighborhood. In Chicago, Chatham deals with flooding, while McKinley Park, not 10 miles away, often sees excessive heat due to a lack of trees. What it takes is neighborhood-specific research to address climate change in Chicago, especially in the black and brown communities that are most affected. While the Argonne National Laboratory has just received $25 million from the U.S. Department of Energy to do this type of research. The project is called CROCUS, or Community Research on Climate and Urban Science, and it's led by our guest, Christina Negri, director of Argonne's Environmental Sciences Division. Welcome to Reset, Christina. Hi. And in addition, CROCUS is collaborating with community partners across Chicago, including Blacks in Green. Founder and CEO Naomi Davis is also with us. Welcome, Naomi. Greetings. So Chicago is one of three cities to receive this funding. Christina, how does it feel? It's wonderful. It's actually uh, uh, very elating. And we've been working for, on this for so long that it, 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 I need, still need to pinch myself. But <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> Naomi, how about you? How are you feeling about it? Oh, just elated. And um, in the pinch uh, yourself category, we are definitely doing that. We are shocked, first of all, because Argonne's approach to community collaboration has been so so breakaway, so so groundbreaking, so so different from the typical ways that black communities, brown communities are approached by researchers and other institutions. It's really been a breath of fresh air. What do you mean by that, Naomi? The, the typical ways that, that yeah, the these typical communities... ways are, you know, they'll uh, you call you at the last minute, ask you for a letter of support, uh, not necessarily write you into the budget. Uh, they're going to talk about you, but they're not going to consult you as a subject matter expert. Um, these are very, very well-known mistakes uh, that are um, that our, our our cousins across town typically typically make when thinking about how they're going to write a grant, get funding to do uh, work. We call it the help the Negro industry. The Negro never gets helped. Christina, I've got to ask, you know, many people hold Chicago up as this place that's safe from the worst of climate change, right? We, we don't see massive wildfires raging on for days, and we, we don't see floods sweeping buildings into rivers and lakes. So why study climate change in Chicago? Well, yes. Uh, for, for one side, we are obviously don't have such extreme uh, concerns or, or impacts from, from climate change. But um, as uh, many of my colleagues who studied this can, can tell you, um, climate is going to be more severe coming going, going forward. And what Chicago is likely to see increased floods, uh, increased heat waves. Um, uh, and, uh, and precipitation is probably going to be always with us, but it's not going to be following the usual pattern of milder precipitation it will, it will all come all at once and we've seen this often and, and the and the extent to which we we have you know tremendous 
precipitation is, is before our eyes. So, uh, so that is really what we need to be prepared uh, for, uh, increasing in hot spells, a larger number of days where we are going to be really, really hot, um, as well as these intense precipitation events that is going to be really um, super strong. So to that end, Naomi, what is it that you want our listeners to know about the way that climate change is affecting Chicagoans? Well, we know uh, through the film Cooked Survival by Zip Code that um, that black and brown communities are especially vulnerable to death uh, by heat. And we uh, and we are uh, we're all looking at the funding that is coming down, of which this 25 million is a part, whereby we get our neighbors educated about, um, you know, how to um, work together to create resilience hubs or to uh, be their own emergency management system. What levels of rain, what temperatures of heat are going to be affecting us? Our careers that here at Blacks and Green in our sustainable square mile of West Woodlawn, we are focused on community education for the impacts as well as for the uh, careers, the enterprises. And when we are starting a pipeline at the school level, junior high, with uh, researchers like Argonne, we are letting our children know Mm -hmm. that there are extreme dangers and extreme possibilities for uh, for self-help that uh, we're cultivating right here at the neighborhood level. Christina, Baltimore, Maryland, and Austin, Texas, those were the other two cities uh, that received this grant. What do you think that these three cities together can can help us learn? And and how do they fit together? So it's interesting. I think one of the... um the purposes uh, and objectives in, in, the part, in the Department of Energy's funding was really to have a good representation of different communities a- across the nation, right? So you have the East Coast, you have the Midwest, and you have actually, it's not going to be Austin exactly. The University of Austin is going to work on this, but it's going to be really focusing on the Port Arthur um, um, region uh, in, in the Gulf. So, so it's going to be three different communities with three distinct but yet reconcilable um, climate concerns. Flooding Mm -hmm. is probably something that's going to be common across the three, Um, yet with very distinct differences with, with, you know, location, type of climate, type of of weather, if you will, and and other physical configurations. And so we hope that uh, working um, together, because at some point there will be a connection between the three, a collaboration across the three research uh, teams, we will really shed lights to, to, to what makes climate differences across neighborhoods? How do urban systems even reflect climate impacts across the region? You know, tall buildings, short buildings, you know, the coastline and all that. How are they going to be playing out? Well, let's dig a bit more into that, Christina. You know, Argonne, as we know, is going to be, you know, forming this urban integrated field laboratory. It's called Community Research on Climate and Urban Science, or CROCUS, as I mentioned. What do you think sets the initiative apart from other climate research? So there's a couple of things. One, the first one is what Naomi mentioned, you know, the climate, uh, the, the community component in this. And we actually put community as the first name in our acronym because really what we're going to do is is work with communities to identify 
the most important compelling questions that they may have and the concerns and even the solution they would like to to see happening on the ground. And that is going to be inform, informing our science. Basically, what we're going to do is take those concerns and those questions, translate it into science questions, and actually work on them. So so that is, is really one of the distinguishing feature and really how we're going to engage with, with community members across the whole five years of this project. Um, in addition, we're going to actually do some educational work. So through our academic partners, we're going to engage with a lot of students. And our hope is really to find students from those communities we are studying to actually monitor their community, collect mm -hmm. the environmental data, and, and then be able to explain what's going on to the community, therefore even reinforcing that connection and that interactive dialogue with the people that are going to be most affected by, by climate in, 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 in neighborhoods in Chicago. The second big difference is the scale at which we study. You know, we are going to turn the city of Chicago and its region into a living laboratory to study how climate and urban systems interact. Uh, we will not average out climate consequences at the city or regional levels. We are really going to go deep in, in, into, into the weeds, if you will, right? Looking at more granular scales, street, neighborhood. Uh, and doing so, we will really be able to expose and, and put a finger on the factors that play out in environmental justice, for example. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and all that is really dependent on, on the differences between, for example, a green, a more tree, you know, tree-lined, community versus the one that gets less, right? And how the time, the, the differences in temperature, for example, that green spaces create yeah. are going to be relevant, right? And if you know that, if you have that information, you can really plan and the community at the neighborhood level. Yeah. And as you mentioned, these uh, partnerships that you formed, you formed partnerships with historically black and minority serving academic institutions uh, as well. Naomi, what do you want this research to, uh, to focus on? And what do you hope to get out of the partnership? Well, we want our neighbors to be aware of the risk that they're in and be aware of the career opportunities that are here at hand right now. Whether we are, I mean, we've been planting trees in the neighborhood for years. We've planted over 400 in Westwood Lawn, but now People are going to be able to connect, including the kids in our three elementary schools in Westwood Lawn. They'll be able to connect. Well, why is Blacks and Green out there planting those trees? And what's that Hermanshoff garden that uh, they're doing uh, right. in the parkways? How are we actually connecting the STEM studies that our students have in their classrooms to their real-life consequences, impacts, and their power to change things? So we're looking specifically at how we're going to be uh, studying the impacts of heat and how energy justice folds into this. We just finished having a black energy justice retreat where we're talking about how to end energy poverty. Well, what are the levers and the dials that neighbors can put their hands on in cooling uh, their homes, the decarbonization initiatives that we're engaged in? All of the work with Argonne that we'll be able to do will be, will be intersectional. It'll pull together all of the various programs that we're working on and let people understand that they are uh, the, uh, the, the, the change agents that are necessary yeah. uh, for this improved quality of life. So definitely careers, enterprise, and uh, in our households. Um, why we're weatherizing, what 
what does it mean when the body shuts down due to heat? Mm -hmm. And how do we impact our utilities who are shutting off black and brown households at a disparately impactful rate than the rest of customers? All of these things are connected. Neighbors are going to learn this hands-on, in the field, instrumentation reading, scientific reporting. So exciting. How how do you want these results to inform the city's transition to a green infrastructure to, to make sure it works for residents of black and brown communities? Well, we want to make sure the city is sending the right amount of money into the black community, the brown community. We want to be first because we've been last for far too long. So when we talk about equity, when we talk about leveling the playing field, we're talking about really prioritizing finances, dollars. Uh, And so when we have the opportunity to uh, plant more trees, uh, don't send them to the north side, uh, as the city has been doing. Um, Invest those uh, infrastructural units in uh, black and brown communities. We, We want the city to understand that it is uh, um, a matter of walking the walk, uh, not just talking the talk. Christina, part of this grant is to to take what's learned here and then apply it to cities across the country, right? If the focus of this research is hyper-specificity rooted in place, what do you think can be gained from applying this to other cities with different topographies and, and stressors? So no, the, the focus uh, the, the focus of the grant is really Chicago region, right? But we as scientists uh, need to evince, you know, in our research, what is our, the, the general processes and what can we learn that is generalizable elsewhere? And we think there's many other cities, particularly in the Midwest and the Rust Belt, um, <clears throat> that are quite similar um, to Chicago in many ways, socioeconomically, uh, the way the city, the fabric is heterogeneous, some of the drivers and so on. So we uh, really hope we can actually do do that uh, with our work. So we, you know, it'll be our job to to elucidate what is very specific to the Chicago region and what actually indeed is is going to happen, uh, can happen other other places, right? And the fact that we have two more colleagues, if you will, two more urban integrated field labs to to communicate with and, and connect will really help us um, establish those those similarities across regions <clears throat> that could be geographically different, but right. not necessarily so different at the end. And the important thing in all this is really that what we mentioned about communities and all that is really that 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 we are going to bring together the study of the physical and the human factors together, which is really something that not always happens. So, so that's yeah. going to be a big thing. Right? Well, briefly before we go, Christina, this was just announced this week, so we know it's very new and it's fresh, but can you tell us next steps? Like what, what can we so, look out for? Yes. So look out for is, is really we are getting organized as we speak uh, uh, in, in trying to really plan for the next three months. And so uh, we are really planning all sorts of different things, practical things within the team to get organized. But we are going to be reaching out soon to all our partners and and uh, be sure that we're going to have a lot of um, announcement and community meetings and, and other things that will be really helping us start to set, to set, set the stage nice. for, for what we're going to do. It's going to be three years and uh, we're going to five years, sorry, and we're going to plan for instruments being placed all over the place and getting permits and and all that so we can be operational. Time to get to work. That was Christina Negri, Director of Argonne's Environmental Sciences Division, and Naomi Davis, who's founder of Blacks in Green. Thank you both.
This episode of Reset was produced by Linnea Dominic and mixed by Ethan Schwab. For more conversations on the news, politics, the economy, arts, and culture, subscribe to this podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and rating. It really helps other listeners find us. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. Back with more tomorrow. when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.